Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Better than that. Put your hands together for yourselves. The few minutes I have. When I woke up this morning, God spoke to me about certain people that are going to be in the service today. And as my manner is, I, I wrote it down. I said, step away from the chaos. Be hidden in Christ. Separate yourself from, tro- from your troubles and challenges. You may be experiencing a difficult time, but don't let the difficult time go through you. Let your internal experience be different from your outer experience. Don't wear your challenges. Don't wear your battles. Don't wear your temporary setbacks. And God showed me some people that wore their challenges. They are wearing their setback. They are wearing their battles. I said, separate yourself from your trouble, separate yourself from your challenges, separate yourself from the things that Kefrodola puts it better in a book I read many years ago. He says, trouble your trouble. That's the title of the book. I read it at a point when I was going through some tough things and I saw that book, I laid my hands on it and it says, trouble your trouble. Whoever that is, the Holy Spirit gives you understanding. And then secondly, I saw concerning deliverance, I saw someone with this um, mindset that when there is a demonic influence, it is not because the demon cannot be cast out, but because the person involved is given the demonic influence legal grounds. That what I saw basically was I saw someone with um, with having a demonic influence, and then the person, somebody else, like a third party, wondering why the person is not casting out that why is not why the person not allowing that demon to be cast out. And then God spoke to me and said that it is not because the demon cannot be cast out; it's because the person is allowing that influence a legal ground. And I said, how? He said, certain habits, certain attitudes that a person is still holding on to gives the devil the right to stay. That's something he was talking about. Did we talk about this? I've not seen him since Wednesday. 
There's certain attitudes and certain habits that you're holding on to. You know, some people, I don't know if you've ever had a, had a, or seen a, um, a demonic, um, where we're casting out demons before, and it's saying, and the demon says, I can't go out. And then you say, and he's asking, why? I said, because the person wants me to stay. And the person is wondering, why will I want you to stay? It's because there are certain attitudes and habits that you have that you don't want to let go of that habit. So because of that, the demonic influence has legal ground. Has legal ground. Has legal ground. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. But today, very briefly, talking about the fullness of the Spirit, experiencing the fullness of the Spirit, total immersion. Last week we had one besides, um, if you want the messages, you can, if you can download them, you can just go to the media stand after the service and have them transferred to your device. That's one of the things he was talking about. You listen, you listen, you listen, you listen, you hear. It influences what your heart is, is, is indicted in. It influences the thing in your heart, exactly. By the time you listen, you, what you see, what you hear, what you speak, you know, what you, what you say is coming from your heart. And then what is entering your heart is from what you hear and what you see. So if you allow God's word enter your he- you know when you are listening to a message, the, the way you are listening to me right now, you are also seeing something. A picture is depositing in your spirit as you are hearing me. So when you take the word, the messages, and then you are hearing, you are painting a picture in your heart and you are seeing that picture. Everything about this auditorium. I can't, how many times did we come here to declare and speak and see things? When it was Tohu and Bohu. Do you know what Tohu and Bohu is? It's a Greek and so you can go and check that. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void. That is Tohu and Bohu. That's the Greek word. Empty. So we came and began to, having not seen, we believed. Because we believe, the Bible says that we have in the same spirit of faith, we believe and then we speak. So but how do you believe? You allow that word sink in. It sinks to a point where by the time you start speaking, what follows is manifestation. So you don't just step out and just, ah, they say, we should speak, we don't speak. I have my car. Let me tell you, that car thing, hmm? I've done it before. I can give you advice for free. Could it work? I've done it before. Oh, take you and hold it. Dance around. Story. I have done it. I held the queue that the queue that deteriorated. No car showed up. What? It wasn't in my heart. It was just head knowledge. Ah, you went to one crusade. The preacher just preached. By this time next week, you will have your car. 
All of you go and get Kyoda. You two rush Kyoda. And Kyoda didn't show up. But what about allowing your faith to build? Allowing your faith. It took you almost one year or so to get that. Yeah. Allow your faith to build and build. By the time you speak, it's manifestation. So by hearing the word, allowing it paint a picture in your heart, don't be too hurry for manifestation. See, manifestation does not ask your permission to show up. It is when you are full. He said the, the clouds, when they are full of rain, they empty themselves. They don't ask your permission. They come and meet you and say, ah, Isaiah, rain won't fall today. Make we fall. Story. When they are full, anywhere it catch you, it catch you. You will be soaked. That's manifestation. But allow yourself to be full. When Jesus at the wedding in Galilee, he told them, he said, fill the water pots word, to the brim. And I explained to us what that water means. It meant the word. And I explained to you what the six parts of jar means. It means the number of man. Six is the number of man. So Jesus is literally saying that allow yourself to be filled with the word. To the brim. When it's filled to the brim, to the brim, what did he say? He said, draw from it. By the time you draw from what is filled, what happens? Wine. Miracle. That's what happens. That's what happens. So if you're not seeing some changes, some things you're, you're, you're expecting, don't be in a hurry. Soak yourself. Soak yourself. Be filled. Soak yourself. When you are full, your manifestation will not ask your permission. It will embarrass you. Ray, don't catch you for somewhere before without umbrella. <laughs> Kind of embarrassed. You, you, oh God, you know, oh God. You, see, I brought you the cry. You know what God did to me. You, you won't even mind. You won't even mind. But sometimes we're too much in a hurry. We want it now. God, you have to do it now. No. If only you stayed there, soak and soak and soak. When the manifestation comes, you'll be shocked. That's not what I plan to talk about today. Glory to God. So get the messages and listen to them. Ephesians 5.18 It says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption, and stupidity, Amplified Version says. But be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Offering praise by singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father. For all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In the last teaching, we laid a foundation on how to experience the fullness of the Spirit. We covered body, soul, and spirit. We covered knowing the limitations, understanding the place of the flesh and the spirit, understanding the carnal and spiritual nature. And we established that understanding why believers need the fullness of the Spirit and know that it's available and it's God's ultimate and grand plan for our existence here on earth. Glory to God. Today, plan to look at the essence of total immersion. What's the essence? When we say total immersion, what's the essence? I told you some time ago that everything has an essence. Everything has an essence. The wristwatch I'm wearing, it has an essence. It has features and it has essence. It's Kenneth Cole, by the way. It's not an ordinary. 
<laughs> Glory to God. I just had to say that. <laughs> anyway. Okay, it has... What are the features of a wristwatch? It's leather strap, chain, you know, gold, silver. Those are features. But the essence is that it tells time. It tells time. Features of a car. Tires, um, alloy rim, metal rim, spoilers, all those things, features. But the essence is that it provides mobility. So when you take away the essence of a thing and leave only the features, what happened? It's just there. It's not, it's not functioning. So when we say total immersion, there is an essence. There's a reason why God wants you and I to be totally immersed. It's not just for goosebumps. It's not for, to say, oh, I felt the power. That's not the essence. When we say total immersion, experiencing the fullness of the spirit, it's not to go around high-minded and, and, and shoulders high and say, now we have arrived. No. I was talking to someone um, some time ago and, and, and she was like, oh, you pastor in Portugal? Now I say yes. She's like, um, she, she, she's a friend of mine and then she said, ah, you're, 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 you're a big pastor now. I said, no, I've not gotten there. And when I get there, you'll be calling me Archbishop Dr. Reverend. She was like, ah. I said, yes. She said, I said, I better call him my number now because later I'll be not. He'll be joining the queue to, to see me. By that time, she she not called me Joel. I said, no, don't call me. She called me Archbishop Dr. Reverend. Though I was just kidding with her anyway. But there is an essence of something. So when you realize, if you separate the features of a thing from the essence, you get the best from it. You understand that thing better. You understand it better. And when you and I cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we pull the essence of our being immersed. We pull that essence. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's the New Living Translation. God's Word Translation says, God had Christ who was sinless, Take our sin so that we might receive God's approval through him. Amplified version says, He made Christ who knew no sin judicially be sin for on our behalf. So that in him we will become the righteousness of God. That is, we will be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. Message translation. How, you ask, in Christ, God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so we could be put right with God. So the question I now asked, when I was reading through all these translations, I asked myself a question. I said, which sin? Which sin did God put on Jesus? I was not born. But the Bible says God put on Jesus my sin. Question, sir. I never seen you. 
that you, I need you to get my line of thought. You understand? God put on Jesus a sin that I have not committed. So my question is, which sin did he put on him? Which sin? That's the question I asked the Holy Spirit. Which sin? And the Holy Spirit gave me a very wonderful illustration. Listen to this. A person born into a highly moral and ethical environment, keeping certain principles and observing a very high moral standard. Imagine. Let's take people who are born into royals. You know, they, 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 they treat them very well. They are very ethical, moral. They have no cause to steal anything. They have no cause to lie. They are, they are morally sound. Do you know there are people like that on earth? Morally sound. Okay. So, this is the guy. Morally sound. Nothing. Don't do no bad. Don't do no crime. Nothing. Good guy. Everything. Grew up in the palace. Thought well. Courteous. Hello. If you slap him, say, oh, you slapped me. Oh, don't do that again. Very courteous. Very, very courteous. And the guy is not saved. And then you come to him and tell him, Jesus died for your sin. He will ask you which sin. Are you getting my line of thought? So, when I'm reading that, I'm asking, which sin did God put on Jesus that I was not even born? So, the question is, it has nothing to do with my moral ethics. It has nothing to do with my good boyism. Pardon my English. It has nothing to do with how good morally I am. It's the fact that I was born in sin. So it means that the actions of sin and the nature of sin are two different things. So what God, what Jesus came, what God did for Jesus is that he took that nature of sin and put it on Christ. So that you and I are no longer subject to that bondage but we're now in Christ Jesus. So he put everything in Christ and then give Christ to us. So when you have Jesus and you have Christ, you have everything. Everything. The guy has never done anything wrong. So society looks at that person and now thinks that so in the eyes of society, what I'm trying to get you to, to understand first of all here is that sin, take away, when, when sin is mentioned, take away your mind from stealing lying. Just take your mind away from that. Those are the things you can see. Those are the things. That's not what God was seeing when Jesus died for you. He was seeing something else. He was seeing the nature of sin. That's what he was seeing. And when Christ died, that was what he took and on Christ completely and totally so my first point is this that your total immersion is first and foremost God's idea God's idea it was God's plan from the beginning to immerse you totally it was his idea Romans 3.21 it says but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith 
in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's gracious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he could do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just. And makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So it's God's idea first of all. For us to be immersed. That's his idea. Then the second point. is Your total immersion is first in Christ. You're first immersed in Christ. Without being completely immersed in Christ, you cannot experience the fullness of the Spirit. You can't. You have to be first in Christ. Because if God taught it that everything should be in Christ, and then he takes us and immerses us in Christ. So it's God's idea first, and then secondly, you and I have to now be immersed in Christ. And he did that without our consent. It's for our own good. Ephesians 1.22. It said, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. He fills all things everywhere with himself. So, you're receiving Christ. You're opening yourself up to everything that Christ represents. Everything he represents. Read, let's read Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. From verse 17. Thank you, Father. Colossians 1.17 Okay. It said, And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. That's talking of Jesus Christ. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness shall dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So he takes you, puts you in himself, then presents you to God, holy and blameless in his sight. 
if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. Glory to God. So your total immersion is first in Christ. It's first, it's God's idea, and then it's in Christ. And then lastly, your total immersion includes, but it's not limited to the baptism of the Holy Spirit alone. It includes the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it's not limited to that. It's not limited to the fact that, oh, I, I now speak in tongues, and I, I now pray in the Spirit, and so I'm completely immersed. No. It includes that, but it's not limited to, the, to it. That you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you speak with other tongues does not mean that is where the fullness of the Spirit ends. That's not where it ends. The fullness of the, the receiving the Holy Ghost and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a part of the fullness of the Spirit. But that's not where it ends. Because as you receive the Holy Ghost, there is a walk, there is a relationship that needs to go on. There's a communication, there's a communion that needs to go on with you and the Holy Spirit. So every day, you are continually being filled. Every day, you are continually being filled. You are continually, continually being filled. Every day, you, 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 you allow the Holy Spirit to walk in you. So that baptism that you have received begins to walk in you other things that God wants done. It begins to affect your mind. Begins to affect the way you think. Begins to affect the way you relate to people. The way you talk. You begin to change from the inside out. And then you begin to yield yourself more to him. You yield yourself more to him. You, you recognize that he's there. And then you consciously yield to him. That's yielding. Daily yielding. Paul said, I die daily. That death he's talking about is that he's dying to the flesh daily. He's dying to the flesh daily. Every time he gets in God's presence, he's dying to the flesh daily. He's allowing the spirit. God told me something some time ago. He said that most of the time, it is, it is not what, um, it's not what the spirit is going to do to you, but most of the time, it's what the spirit takes away from you. Yeah, it's not what you're going to receive most of the time. It is what is taken away. So, when we get in God's presence and we are praying, God, fill me with the spirit. I need more of you. Most time, he's taking away some things. He's taking away layers. He's taking away layers. He begins to pull off anger. He begins to pull off hatred. As he's pulling them off, the spirit man is finding expression. All the Holy Ghost you will ever need is probably in you right now. It's probably you. What happens is that the more you expose yourself to God and expose yourself in his presence, he begins to take off layers. So each time you're praying, oh Lord, I need your power. What God is saying, I need to take off something. I say, God, I need more of your anointing in this area. He says, okay, I need to take off something. Because as he's taking them off, the Christ in you is enlarging. The Christ in you is finding more expression. 
it's really not more about more of the power of God or more of the Holy Ghost or more of the anointing. No. You probably have everything there. But certain things are blocking it. Certain things are blocking it. So from time to time, God begins to take off the layers. He begins to take off the layers. Say, ah, you need to deal with this thing. Ah, you need to deal with this thing. Ah, you need to deal with this thing. And when God tells us, study more, pray more, what he's actually doing to us is saying that in, in the process of doing that, what happens to you is layers begin to fall off. We really don't know what it means when we study God's word more or pray some more or spend time in God's presence. Sometimes we, we just feel like, oh, just this religious thing. You'll be shocked some of the things that you would avert. Some of the things that would just not happen to you. Some of the things that would just not come. And, and you don't know it's because you are exposing yourself to the presence of God that is keeping you and shielding you. You just don't know. You feel like everything is just the way it is. It's smooth and good. No. Some people are not having it as rosy as you are. Some people are not. Some people are not are wishing that they could just come to church on a Sunday morning. But for one reason or the other, they cannot. They cannot. So when we talk about experiencing the fullness of the spirit, you have a part to play. You have a role. And one of that key role is that you allow God to walk in you. The Bible says he's the one that walks in us both to will and to do of his own pleasure, his good pleasure. So the things he wants to accomplish in us, he's the one that wants to do it. So you and I are just meant to yield to him and allow him to take up the layers. I know each time when God talks to me about things that he wants me to change. I know it and I look at it and I say, okay, I, I, and I give myself to it. I give myself to it. It could be anything. Some people, it could be food. You'll be shocked that food can stop certain things. You'll be shocked and surprised that food can stop the fullness of the spirit from happening to you. One of the things I, 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 I detest so much is when I get up and it looks like, you know that, that moment when you get up and you just sense like, ah, Today is not going to be a good day. You just feel it. You just, nothing has happened yet, oh, but you just feel that, ah, oh, today is one of those days. When I get up and I see that moment, I attack it headlong. I attack it headlong. Why should my day not be a good day? So from that waiting moment, I attack it. Because that's Satan suggesting to you that the day is not going to be a good day. That you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. No. I attacked it headlong. My day has to be good. So when I wake up feeling like that. And I start praying. I make sure that I overcome that state. Right there. And then I step into my day. All the time. My day always end up fantastic. But I could have just allowed that feeling. To just weigh me down. I say it's not looking like a good day today Jerry. So let's just leave it like that. No. That's the same thing I do with sickness. That's the same thing I do with everything. Everything. I start feeling the symptoms. I say, okay. It's trying to come. I will not sit down and say, ah, oh, this my headache has come again. Ha. You, you even have a personal headache with the, the, the doctor, with the devil. <laughs> you know, ah, oh, this my sickness has started again. No. I attack it headlong. 
We fight from a position of victory. We are not fighting from to, to have victory. We have it. So because we know that we have it, we are taking it. That's what we do. Because we know we have the victory. We take our stand. We take our stand at the victor's position. And then we claim it. This is mine. He says, no. I say it is mine. No. I say it is mine. I say it is mine. And we keep taking it. And we drag it and drag it. Till he says, okay. That's what happened to Jacob. Let me go. No. Let me go. No. Let me go. He knows something. Let me go. No. Then finally I said, okay. No problem. So you take your stand. That's how to flow in the fullness. You don't just wake up and say, okay, now I have the Holy Ghost and now I have the fullness of the Spirit. No. A daily fight. A daily... The, 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 the Christian walk is a walk of faith and fight. It's a walk of faith and fight. But you're not fighting so that you will win. You've already won. You are guarding your territory. You are guarding the victory that Christ has given you. That's why you will fast three days and say, no, this thing must stop. Not because you, uh, after, ah, I know that once I fast three days, it will happen. No, no. It's done and dusted complete in Christ Jesus. So when you are in there and you want to experience fullness, you stand your ground. You stand your ground to experience that fullness. You stand your ground. Total immersion. I'm trusting God that by the end of this month, everyone, everyone will get to a point where you, you are a threat to the devil. It's serious. Anywhere you enter, devil, you've been looking for devil everywhere. You know, uh, devil there. No, you just come out. Yeah. Say, come, bro, come, come, come. You don't come. Say, mm, where am I? You don't come out. You'll be a threat to the devil. You'll be a threat. I, I, I know of a, I read of a preacher who, who felt the power of God and then he was going from one of these um, God's generals. He was going from house to house asking, is anybody sick here? Is anybody sick here? Is anybody sick here? That's it. So you need to get to that point where you deliberately expect the fullness of the spirit to show up. In your life every day. And it starts by you consciously. Consciously, I repeat that word, consciously. Consciously expecting the Holy Spirit to show up for you. Glory to God. I don't want to dwell much on that because of time. Rise to your feet. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Please get on the keyboard for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift your hands to heaven and ask. Now, this prayer, I'm, I'm going to ask you to pray. Be ready for what will show up. Because when you ask God for the fullness of his spirit, be ready to allow some layers break off. Be ready to allow some things drop off. Just be ready. Just be willing. Just be willing to allow some things drop off. So ask God for the fullness of his spirit. Ask him, Lord, I ask you for the fullness of your spirit. I ask you for the fullness of your spirit.
Let habits break away. I ask you for the fullness of your spirit. Let things drop off from me. Let me get to a point where I'm totally yielded to you. Let me get to a point where I'm surrendered to you. So that the fullness of the spirit can find expression in me. So that nothing will hinder me. Nothing at all will hinder me. ground that I've given to the enemy to find expression I take it back I receive strength from your presence 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 receive strength. Let that be your prayer. I receive strength from your presence. I receive strength. Just draw, draw, draw. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. Just draw from his presence. Draw, draw. Let things fall off. Let things fall off by themselves. By themselves. The more you pull from Him and allow Him to find expression, the more Christ begins to show up. He wants to live His life through you. He's not asking you to do anything. He wants you to yield so that He will live His life through you. Paul said, The life I live is the life of Christ. He says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. That song says, International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.